The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Good evening, Rick. Would you believe it's, it's Dr. Doom? What's on your evil mind? Oh, you insulting tongue and mock my words well. How about this rumor that you are really hired Mr. Stark? Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicles. Um, yeah, great. I don't have sound effects uh, because, well, eight to seventy. Who usually does the sound effects? How about <laughs> eh. boom? Is um, having some technical difficulties and uh, is trying to hash Joe's out. So hopefully he will be along uh, after a while. But until then, and um, the rest of the fellows, Tim and uh, uh, and PC underscore Dirt, are busy with their Valentine's Day. Speaking of, happy Valentine's Day for for folks that celebrate it. Uh, we are recording on the night of Saint uh, of Valentine's Day, and my camera wants to go crazy, but it's okay. So um, we're gonna do something a little bit different, uh, unless uh, Dave happens to Dave uh, yeah, happens to show up in the next couple of minutes. We're gonna do something a little bit different, uh, but first. What we're not going to do different is to finish the introductions. Uh, I am your host, Roddy Cats. You can find me at Roddy Cats on Twitter. News Nerds Need on Twitter. Um, the News Nerds Need Reddit. Instagram, you can find me at CB Caps. Uh, you can find me on the internet all over the place. Roddy Cat, you know what I'm saying. You know me. Um, again, Agent 70 on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, you can find him there. Uh, PC and underscore dirt on Twitter. Pop Culture Net on Twitter. PopCultureNetwork.com. I need comics.com. Um, and whatever the, the Vine thing is going to be whenever that shows up. And, of course, last but not least, Tim, D-O-G-G-9-8 on Twitter. The Click Nation on Twitter. That's D-K-L-I-Q-N-A-T-I-O-N. TheClickNation.com. And also, of course, he writes his face off over at comicbookresources.cbr.com. Um, you can find this here podcast on CSPN uh, Podcast Network. That's the Cole Slither Podcast Network at, Cole, at cspn.us. It's been a long day, folks. Forgive me. Um, you can also subscribe to this podcast on Google Play and Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, and Spotify, and the SoundCloud page of One Coast of the Podcasts Network. And of course, you can go to uh, shop.cspn.us, which probably at this point may go to cspn.us. Uh, but there is a link on that page that says keep our podcast free and you can go there and um, find ways to support this podcast and other podcasts on said network. And uh, with that, folks, like I said, we're going to do, oh, and shout out to uh, Matt Wang 
on Twitter. Friend of the show. Said sorry I'm missing a live cast right now. We'll try to make it on later. It's no problem. In fact, live tweeting, folks. <laughs> no problem. Appreciate you being around regardless. Appreciate you. There we go. So anyway, like I said, we're going to do a little something different. Uh, and that's... Normally we would start off with the comic books of the week. But in order to maybe possibly stall a little bit and give uh, Agent 70 a little time to get here, we're going to reverse it. We're going to kick it old school. And... Um, boop. We're going to do the news. I should probably turn down my headphones because this ain't this ain't fisticuffs. That was kind of loud. Anyway, we're going to start off with the news uh, like we used to do a while a while ago, and um, you know we changed it up to do comics first to get that out of the way and to go the other way around. So now we're going to do this, we're going to reverse it, reverse it, flip it and reverse it up and down, back and forth, side to side. And, uh, da, da, da. oh, okay. I thought about to say there was some news. I thought I was going to be some news. Anyway, as we do, we starting off with some dramatic news. Um, and we're going to start off with Kingsman's prequel cast, uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson, Gemma Arterton, Arterton, hope that's how you pronounce her name, I don't know, and Tom Hollander. So if that first name didn't sound familiar, that is uh, Quicksilver and um, actually Kick-Ass. So it's still in the family. Uh, so I guess uh, The Kingsman, The Great Game, which is the name of the prequel, um, is is a, a Millar joint and also when in the same, it's not in the same universe. Although wouldn't that be crazy if it was as uh, the affirmation kick as meaning it was written by Mark Millar. So like I said, it kind of stays in the family. That is kind of cool. Uh, next up. Whoops. I'm going former black canary actress becomes Batwoman's big bad. So Rachel Scarston has been cast as Alice, uh, Batwoman's primary antagonist and sister in the DC superheroes upcoming titular t- uh, CD, uh, CW pilot, according to Deadline. Scarson was will co-star uh, opposite Ruby Rose, who debuted in 2018's Elseworlds crossover, which I still haven't seen yet. That's the Arrowverse crossover for for those not in the know. Um. Uh, she says, I am thrilled to announce my next adventure. It is a very sweet homecoming for me, both to my favorite DC universe and beloved CW. Just call me Alice. Um, so, yes. So, Rachel Scarston, Scarston played Dana Lance, a.k.a. Black Canary, in 2002's Birds of Prey TV show, which you can still see. I think it's on DC Universe. I'm not sure. Actually, I should check that out. Uh, but I know it's out there on... Uh, it's out there. Actually, I'm not sure if it's on, uh, let me see. Let's do, 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 do. That's probably not the thing I wanted to show. Uh, but I know it is on the CW app for certain. 
but I don't know. Let's see if they have Bird to Prey on here. I should probably not be looking that up right this very moment while I'm taping. But you know what? Live podcast. Yep, it is. One season, Bird to Prey 2002-2003. It, some people like that show. Some people are like, eh. I've only seen like one or two episodes of it, so I don't know. I've been meaning to actually go back and watch it. Uh, but it is what she was also on CW's Rain and uh, Siffy's Lost Girl. So anyway, that's that. So congrats. Um, this is a weird. Well, it's not weird, but this, the the title of this one is kind of weird. So Arrow spoiler uh, officially confirms exit as series regular. It's okay. They got spoiler in the title, but in the um. The uh, the permalink they have who it's going to be, which is I I've talked about that before, so we're not going, you know, we're going we're not going to believe it anymore. But anyway, uh, Echo Kellum, who plays Curtis Hoke, aka Colt, um, Curtis Holt, aka Mister Terrific, in the Arrowverse show The Arrow, is apparently uh, leaving as series uh, regular, and I guess that happened after this past week's episode. Uh, or this week's episode, given that uh, I am, again, once again, we, we are recording on Valentine's Day. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so this week's episode of uh, Arrow called Star Slayer. Slayers, all team Arrow. Da, da, da. Anyway, it went through the plot. If you haven't seen it yet, uh, don't, I'm not going to give it away, but apparently this is uh, when Echo Kellum's uh, leaving off the show. He, I think it does say that he could possibly come back uh, you know, from time to time. So, um, it says, according to him, it says, I think from, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. So, let's see, it says here that, um, he wanted more family time. His family is currently based in Los Angeles, where the show, and the show is mainly. Uh, filmed in Vancouver, Canada. Now that I, didn't, I don't think I actually knew. So this forced him to travel back and forth in the hopes of having a proper work-life balance and the commute is not only time-consuming, it's also tiresome. And he says, uh, I think for me, this is a quote from him, it is just brought down to family and I just wanted to try a couple of creative ventures in my life, working on music, directing, and writing now. I love acting, but sometimes I'm not looking, not looking at as the top of thing of, at the top, thing on my career anymore i'm looking at my career in a different light so interesting um and he also says that this is the end of curtis i'll definitely come back as much as they want me back and visit and guest star and whatnot so it's not the end for him so yeah there you go um and speaking of leavings uh on the flash side of it uh, carlos valdez reportedly leaving CW shows. Now, I've been seeing a couple of rumors on this in the last, like, week or two. Um, in fact, I could have sworn, I thought I saw, I saw, there was an article that we may have actually talked about last week or so that he was going to Legends of Tomorrow. But according to this article, he may possibly be just be leaving the show, and that's, that's that, I guess. But again, this is a rumor, so we don't necessarily know. But sounds like something's going to change with as vigorous as the um the rumors seem to be 
Um, but again, none of this is official, so you know. And apparently, it says here that Cisco's appearances has seemed to be reduced, albeit for story-related reasons, and uh, some things have happened with his character on the show. So, I need to catch up on Flash. I, I enjoyed the, the most of the Arrowverse show, so I um I need to catch up on that stuff. Hopefully, I will fairly soon. Uh, let's see. Arrowverse could, speaking of that whole Arrowverse, could go to Warner Media Service once Netflix deal uh, expires. So apparently, Warner Brothers uh, is going to do their own streaming service, of course. Uh, because, you know, that seems to be a thing that everybody's doing right now, which is kind of sad. Um, but apparently, let's see, uh, the CW's deal with Netflix uh, expires this spring, and Warner Media's upcoming streaming platform is very interested in gobbling up all the all the Arrowverse shows. I mean, they could also put this stuff on um, DC Universe. I'm just saying. It's, oh wait! As a matter of fact, this article may have mentioned something like that. Excuse me. Uh, which is what is interesting is the fact that one of this three-tiered service, which is which will offer an excellent number of families, including and include access to HBO, is likely to have on the DC-centric Arrowverse um, instead of the shows ending up on a streaming platform that is solely dedicated to DC-related programs, which would be DC Universe, which. Weird because DC Universe is, um, and DC itself is owned by Warner. So that would be really strange for them not to put it on, on, on DC Universe. But you know, we'll see what happens with that. That, that's like, I wouldn't say necessarily like cannibalizing your own content, but that's still weird. Uh, anyway, Birds of Prey set photos offer new look at the Huntress. So, yes, there's still that Birds of Prey movie that is still coming up uh, with a name that is quite long that I won't say. Yes, I will. Birds of Prey and the Fabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Um, let's see. There's a teaser that was released at the end of January. And um, now there seems to be a couple of other... Uh, pictures of uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Or is it Winstead or Winstead? I don't know which one it is. Uh, one brandishing a crossbow and some other pictures according to this Twitter. So, cool. I'm sure there will be more on that to come. Um, Batman White Knight motion comic fan trailer is stunning. So, um, a... Let's see, this is the trailer posted on the YouTube channel, uh, Patronics 27 Productions, feature shots and panels from the comic, as well as music and dialogue. Uh, so apparently, a fan, yeah, a fan made a motion comic trailer based, uh, based on Batman White Knight, which is an awesome um, miniseries, and I know that it's going to be by uh, Sean Gordon Murphy, which I know there's going to be another one coming. So I don't know. I'm assuming this is for the first one. Um, and apparently they got, um, you know, some good reactions from Sean Gordon Murphy. So cool. Um, of course, he says, wow, this is epic. Can we just skip to the end where this becomes a movie? So 
That's good. You got you got to love it when uh, fan made trolls get you know get buzzed, especially from the person you know who made the content they're doing it for. So that's awesome. So you can check it out. I checked out a little bit. It looks all right, but I didn't check out the whole thing. So anyway, um, Aquaman's digital and Blu-ray release dates revealed. So I'm trying to remember. If I I don't think we mentioned this last week on the show. I'm fairly certain we didn't. Um, but uh, it was after. Yeah, it probably was after then was when we found this out. Or actually, no, it was then when we found it because this news came out the day we were recording. Um, anyway, uh, Aquaman, which is sounds like I think, believe it has become DC's the highest selling, high, highest grossing movie to date, including the Batman ones. Of uh, such um such um reports are to be believed but uh, it says here the the movie's official twitter page has really uh, has revealed that the movie will come to digital platforms on March 3rd which is in a couple of weeks and then will hit DVD Blu-ray and 4K Ultra HD on March 26th so cool i'm looking forward to that cuz i've been wanting to see it again i just hadn't been just hadn't gone to the to the theaters to, to uh, check it out again. Like I said, I, and when we talked about it the one time, I had missed the first five minutes of it, so eh, I don't know how much I missed, but it's something. Um, boop. Next up. Meow. Thought there was something in between that one, but apparently there is not. So never mind. Uh, DC Seven Deadly Sins confirmed for Shazam movie. So I don't know that much about uh, Shazam's, you know, Rose Gallery or history. That much of his history outside of hey, there's he's Captain Marvel and there's another one in the in the uh, competitions called Captain Marvel, but a whole other thing aside. But apparently, uh. According to this article, Dr. Savannah, who we've already known is being played by Mark Strong, is not going to be the only uh, villain. Like, he may be the the, the main villain, but there's be some behind-the-scenes villain or some extra villains, I guess, pulling the strings, maybe, perhaps, um, in the form of the Seven Deadly film Sins, which, I guess, were in... Um, some Shazam comics at one point. And of course, Samberg uh, commented on that it was a lot of fun designing the personification of pride, envy, greed, wrath, sloth, gluttony, and lust, which we know to be this said, this the sins in question. Uh, it says in the comics, the wizard Shazam was able to defeat and imprison these manifestations within statues that adorn the walls of his home, the Rock of Eternity. Uh, despite the wizard's powers, these villainous representations would escape their containment repeatedly and wreak havoc in the mo- mo- uh, human world, where they would often battle ch- uh, with the wizard's champion Shazam and other heroes. So there you go. So that could be either opening the door to a another movie, or they're gonna just gonna show them in some like sometimes they do with some of these movies because you know some of these superhero movies got m- more than one um, villain that they're dealing with. So uh, next up, first Justice League versus the Fatal Five trailer sees two eras collide. 
uh, Warner Brother Animation today released, uh, or at least today when this article came out, released their first trailer for the upcoming Justice League versus The Fate of Five, which follows heroes and villains from two distinct DC Universe uh, eras as they collide. The, the first sees the modern-day Justice League confront Fatal Five, a team of time-traveling superheroes from the 31st century who are searching for Green Lantern Jessica Cruz. So I guess that means, oh, just think of putting Jessica Cruz in this as a Green Lantern. I guess as opposed to or in addition to... Um... In addition to Hal Jordan, which they normally go to with these a lot of these movies... I don't know, but apparently the trailer follows the Justice League as they unleash three members of the Fate of Five from a ship disguised as a meteorite, then immediately set to fighting off the supervillain team who are obsessed with capturing Just Screws, also known as Limelight in their time period. So I guess this Jessica Fuse is coming from the 31st uh, century. So, all right. Uh, next up, stupid uh, auto-playing thing about speaking of uh, Blu-ray releases. Another one I'm excited for, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse's Blu-ray release date and exclusives revealed. Excuse me. Um, which I... The only reason why I was, I knew about the Aquaman one, actually, just a little behind the scenes, was because I was going to Amazon to look for when uh, Into the Spider-Verse was going to be released. So, go figure. Anyway, um... Uh, it's going to uh, so yeah, into the Spider Verse will swing on to 4K Ultra DVD, uh, Ultra 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray and DVD on March 19th, which means two weeks prior to that on February 26th uh, will be the digital release. It says here that Best Buy will offer an exclusive steelbook uh, cl- containing the Blu-ray, DVD, and, eight, and digital HD redemption code. Uh, Amazon Spider fans can pre-order for an exclusive edition with variant uh, artwork housed in a slipbox. Target's also going to have um, as yet unrevealed exclusive edition. Currently, none of the announced editions available for pre-order include a 3D disc, which that's probably fine. It's, it's it'll be fine. I don't know who who actually watches uh, Blu-rays in D3, uh, in um, in 3D anyway. I'm kind of curious about that. Anyway, doesn't matter. Uh, Avengers Endgame director cautions: 99% of the toy leaks are inaccurate. So apparently in an interview with Collider, um, co-director Joe Russo addresses the need, uh, is, uh, addressing the need for secrecy about the film's plot. Even so, uh, tie-in merchandise runs the risk of giving away key plot points and character changes, but Russo isn't worried about that apparently. Um, and here's a quote. From him saying that what's interesting about Toe Leaks is that 99% of the time they're not accurate. That's not actually always true either. Um, because toys are frankly tailored to either old concepts or completely different concepts than what's in the movie, Russo explained. I, I, okay, anyway, I laugh a lot when those toy leaks show up because I'm like, well, that's great because that's a misdirect because it has nothing to do with the film. I... Mm, 
I kind of wonder because there have been some. To- I mean, well, whatever. Like, that's his opinion on it, and there's probably some truth to that. But like we have seen some toys, at, at the very least, name something that hasn't. You know, that ends up in being some movies that wasn't previously um, revealed. So go figure on that one. Um, Next up, the Captain Marvel site revisits classic 90s web design. And yes, it even has a hit counter. So if you haven't gone to... um, you may or may not have seen this if you haven't, and you can the picture on the the, the video, which you should watch sometimes because sometimes the video you know has some good stuff in it, including what we show in the news. Excuse me. So yeah, there's a there's a, a site for Captain Marvel, which of the Captain Marvel movie, which is going to uh, release next month, and it is definitely sorely reminiscent of. Um, old uh, internet practices all you young whippersnappers don't know much don't know about that angel fire <laughs> y'all don't know about that it says um y'all don't know about front page y'all don't know about geo cities that the, the internet was a much different place it's get off my lawn Anyway, the movie is set in 1995, and appropriately, its official web page looks like something made for viewing by Netscape Navigator. Shout out to Netscape Navigator. Um, cause that was that was my my browser of choice back in the day before this little Chrome business was going on. Ah, uh, Navigator. Anyway, uh, if you wonder how to pull it off, then answer is apparently not. Um, then the answer is apparently not that someone at Disney had an old GeoCities template laying around. Uh, apparently they built it in front page and hosted on Angel Fire. So, this is a quote from somebody saying that we can only say complimentary that it looks like that's what they used. So, and of course you can see a link to marvel.com slash Captain Marvel Marvel which will take you to the site in question question. It's funny. <laughs> like I said, it is definitely, I, I would dare say a love letter to, um, to, um, to, to old times for certain. Anywho, next up, um, the black Panther wins two Grammy awards. The, so congratulations to uh, Ludwig Göransson score uh, won in best score soundtrack for visual media category while The King's Dead from Black Panther the album won for best rap performance um, music looks like it says music from the film was nominated in eight categories overall um who wrote this thing? Because they're using some anyway. Uh, jazz musician Randy Waldman's cover of 1967 Spider-Man cartoon theme also earned an award for best arrangement, uh, instrumental or vocal. Which I'm I'm assuming that's for Enter um, the Spider Verse. Or wait, no, or maybe it's from um, far from Homecoming. Homecoming last year. You know what? Not looking that up right now. Regardless, congratulations. 
Uh, speaking of awards, here are all the BAFTA 19, uh, excuse me, 2019 winners as Black Panther and Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse take home awards. So, yes, it's been a good award season so far for um, Black Panther and Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Uh, let's see. Is, um, so I'm scrolling down here. Also notable that uh, Letitia Wright, who plays Shuri in uh, Black Panther, um, got a Rising Star Award as voted for by the public, which is the, the bachelor thing. Um, apparently, Avengers Infinity War uh, lost out to, I believe, Black Panther for an award, um, which it was highly favored. So, go Black Panther. And let's see, um, Spider-Man Into Spider-Verse won for Best Animated Film. And... Uh, I should have had this down. I thought it did anyway. Um, oh, here we go. Special visual effects is what the Black Panther won for. I had that down. There's nowhere I put it. Anyway, um, so that congrats to them. Marvel already has the perfect director for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. And I guess they go back to the, the if this is the case. They're going to go back to the beginning because of, uh, if you're watching the video, you will see here a picture of John Favreau, who, of course, did the Iron Man movies. Or, uh, so, I don't know if this is a speculation piece or, this seems like it might be a special speculation piece, uh, by this, by the people. So... Yeah, this is definitely a speculation piece, and I don't know why I have it in there. So, because we do speculation pieces, we don't, we don't, you know, I don't know. Like, there should be some fact behind it. Or sometimes we do rumors, but you know what happens. Anyway, um, ABC kills Marvel's female superhero drama. So, this was something that was, um, Rumored about ooh, a while ago. Um, yeah, well, it says here last December, this September, but I feel like it probably was longer than that. But regardless, there was supposed to be a um, a um, an ABC show with um, yeah, that's right. See, Wonder Woman script writer Alan Heinberg said to be executive produced by Heinberg. The potential series already had a pilot commitment. Um, however, as it appears, the project is no longer moving forward. Um, Deadline confirms that ABC will not be moving forward with the untitled the female superhero-led series. In fact, the network will not be doing the pilot either. So, yeah, not sure what, what happened with that. Which means that, um, yeah, who knows what's going on with that. Also worth notable, um, they also canceled the, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. spinoff that, that's supposed to have the Mockingbird in it. And I don't know if they're still doing that um, that um, Squirrel Girl comedy 
Jabi that they were talking about, but it, I don't think it says so here. So, I don't know. Oh, well. And, uh, yeah, I mentioned something about um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Anyway, moving right along. Kevin Smith, Howard the Duck, Modoc, Dazzler, and more uh, getting Hulu shows. Yeah. Uh, picture that, y'all. So, yeah, so apparently there's going to be, was that, five new Hulu shows coming up. One for Howard the Duck, Hitmonkey, uh, Modoc is going to have his own, and the Dazzler and Tigra show, which is one featuring Dazzler and Tigra. And a fifth series called The Offenders, bringing characters from all four series together. So it's going to be like a... a uh, Marvel's Netflix defenders and, and shows like that. So that's going to be weird. Um, so apparently, uh, let's see how the duck and how the duck is just like this. The only one that has a creative team with, uh, Kevin Smith. They have mentioned, and Aqua Between Hunger Forces co-creator Dave Willis, I believe, who play, also plays Meatwad in said show. So, yeah, and then it goes on here to describe various bits about the show. Um, about the show, some shows. So, apparently, let's see, How the Duck is described as the story of an extraterrestrial waterfowl and his adventures to get home. Modoc is uh, ego maniacal supervillain with a really big head and a really little body. Struggles to maintain control of his ego organization and demanding family. Oh, weird! Uh, Hitmonkey tells the tale of a wrong Japanese snow monkey mentored by the ghost of an American assassin. And finally, the Dazzler and Tiger Show is a story about two woke superheroes and best friends that. That's a scary sentence right there. Uh, Tiger, Tiger and Dazzler as they fight for recognition amongst powered people who make up the 8 million stories in Los Angeles. And then, of course, the offenders is, looks like it's going to bring, um, yeah, bring all of those together. And so there is no premiere date for any of the four series announced. So, yeah. Uh, speaking of one of the shows, Pat Nall's world to voice Modoc in Marvel and Hulu's animated series, which that sounds like perfect casting to me. I don't know. Uh, you know, Pat Nall's world, also big uh, comic book fan, Marvel fan, and his voice. Yeah, I can see that as Modoc. Absolutely. Anywho, cool. Uh, Marvel and DC celebrates Chinese New Year with stunning posters. So February 5th marks the first day of Chinese New Year, which officially kicks off the Year of the Pig. Um, and blah, 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 blah. Disney threw out some posters. So if you're watching the video, you can see... Um, you can see the pictures. You can, you can see the posters. Look good. You know, I don't know... If it, Maybe some people will have some issues with them or not. I don't know. But so there's a Disney one. Well, let me pick up. There's a Marvel one. That's for Avengers. Looks like for um, Endgame. Oh, wait. Let's first one back here. 
Yeah, so there's Marvel Studios one. Then there's another one for looks like a Avengers, like I said, in game. Then of course there's a Disney one, and there's another Disney one which is looks like it's for Aladdin. And uh, I don't know what this other one is, but it's not, oh yeah, Lion King. I forgot about that that live action thing is coming out. Um, so yeah, there you go. Cool. Uh, Marvel Netflix stars reunite on Deborah Ann Wall's new show. So we've talked about this show, and um, so this is this is um, Deborah Ann Wall's, aka Karen Page, aka Baby Vamp from um, from True Blood, also. But um, Relics and Rarities is her uh, is her uh, um, live play D and D show. Uh, of which the second episode, I believe, aired this past Monday uh, on Alpha and I guess uh, Greek and Sondry and on Twitch also. So I saw the first episode; it's pretty cool. It is neat. Um, it it had uh, I was in I was watching the replay and I was in the chat and they had uh, Matthew Lillard who plays Shaggy, which we, we talked about the the Shaggy memes going around last week and of course there was a lot of like hey that's shaggy and blah 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 this and that those are but like i said if you ever get a chance to, to check out the show it's pretty cool like she is dming um the the she is dming the uh the 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 the, the, the show and um it's cool beans and apparently uh, there has been some um guest announcements i knew one of them was going to be uh, at least from what i saw on the show one of them is going to be uh kevin smith the affirmation is kelly smith uh, kevin smith um and it looks like according to this article charlie cox who plays matt murdoch of course uh simone missick who plays misty knight is also going to uh, show up on a show at some point. So I can't wait to see that one right there. Um, but the regular cast is uh, Tommy Walker, Julia Dennis, Jasmine Bular, a.k.a. that bronze girl on Twitch, and Xander Jonaret. I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that name right. So, cool beans. Oh, of course, and it says here, um, uh, other additional guests will be Sam Richardson, Janina Gavincar, and the aforementioned Matthew Lillard, who like I said, was also and and Kevin Smith was just so, you know, was also because he and the reason why I knew that because he's I think he, um, it was also her birthday, uh, Deborah Wall's birthday during the course of the taping, and um, he did a video which mentioned the fact that he was going to be on the show. So that's cool beans. Like I said, that is going to be on Project Alpha channel and or uh, G and uh, Geek and Sundry on Twitch. So you should be able to go check that out. And I think they record live every Monday. So just check it out. It's, it's good stuff. Uh, speaking of live play RPG, uh, D&D stuff, watch Hyper RPG's Rat Queen's intro right now. So Hyper RPG, I, I'm not sure. I think they're related to Project Alpha or something like that. I'm not even sure what the deal is about that. But I know I've seen, you know, seen some synergy between them. But regardless, um, they're doing a Rat Queens interactive tabletop game, which is cool. As a matter of fact, at the time of this recording, Thursday, um, February 
the 14th. That is going on right now. Um, which brings the ladies of Rat Queens, uh, Hannah, Betty, Braga, Violet, and D, um, who are going to be um, played by. Um, oh, shoot. Here we go. Jessica Lynn Verdi as Hannah, uh, Laurie Jones as Violet, Aliza Pearl as D, um, Michelle Gwynn as, excuse me, Michelle Gwynn Bradley as Betty, and uh, the adventures, uh, that's it, oh wait, the adventures are later joined by Braga, a transgender orc who issues our barbaric ways, played by Riley Silverman. Let's see, that's, so that's cool. I feel like I'm missing something in that. So yeah, Red Queens was a was a cool. Um, probably still is. I, I I haven't really caught up with it ever since the um the the um the issues early on and and the uh with you know the creator issue early on. But Red Queens was a cool as a uh, book. I, I enjoyed the book. I may have to go back to it, and I definitely will be checking this out for, for certainly. Um, and I believe there was some art by the current artist Owen Gwenny and and um, Kurt Weebly is having something to do with this show, uh, if I'm not mistaken. I, it probably also says so here, but I'm not seeing it. But I know I've seen another article that that did mention the fact that he that he has some involvement with this. So cool beans. Like I said, um, at the time of this recording that is actually going on, maybe have finished already. I'm not even sure, but, um, there's that, uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller discussed the future of spider verse and the spinoff series is new to them. So I know we talked about this a while ago and there was supposed to be a spinoff series, or at least there was talk about some spinoff series, uh, based off of, I guess the animation from Spider-Verse from um, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. And uh, yeah, according to this article, uh, it says that uh, some things, including a sequel that will focus on a relationship between Miles Morales and Gwen Stacy and all female spinoff that feature Spider-Gwen, Spider-Woman and Silk and multiple spinoff series that could focus on other characters in the Spider-Verse. Well, apparently Phil Lord and Chris Mitten, Miller haven't heard of any of that when they talk to iFilm or Slash Film. Um, Lord says, quote, that's news to us. Um, Miller has went on to say that everything that's been talked about so far is premature and that they're still in the process of figuring out the future of the fan franchise. Um, another quote, we're talking about potential stuff in the Spider-Verse, but nothing is really fully formed yet. Uh, we're talking about stuff. It's such a big universe. There's so many possible ways to go. It'd be great to be able to do whatever the public would allow. So all that stuff that has been talked about in the past, uh, it's probably no truth to it, or, you know, maybe, may or may not be any truth to that. Um, moving right along. EC comics gets a revival on TV. So EC Comics, a legendary publisher of horror and uh, sci-fi comic books dating back to the 1940s and 50s, inked a deal with Hivemind for TV and film projects. Uh, first in development is a TV adaptation of EC's Weird Fantasy, originally a comic book anthology series that, pre- that presented twisted mystical tales of personal oddity and horror. 
readers may be familiar with Weird Fantasy Sister Publication Weird Science, Weird Science, which lends its name to the 80s comedy film by John Hughes, of which theme song that I just sung. So that's kind of funny. Um, let's see. And see, additionally, Hive Mind will produce a film about the life of EC publisher William M. Games of uh, Mad Magazine fame. Um, by the way, uh, Gaines, uh, it says here, Gaines famously opposed censorship and regulation of comic books and the implementation of the Comics Code Authority in the wake of accusations that comic books led to juvenile delinquency. And of course, like I said, he founded Mad Magazine, little, little magazine that's now under DC, um, by the way. So, yeah, so that's some stuff that's coming that ought to be interesting, I guess, for, for fans of that stuff. Um, The Walking Dead, Michonne star Denai Guerrero to exit may appear in Rick Grimes TV movies. Uh, so it says here that Denai Guerrero is leaving AMC's uh, The Walking Dead, according to a Hollywood pro- pro- reporter. She, uh, that's right, she came in on the third season and she is currently signed to return to uh, for the final for her final season which will comprise of a handful of episodes quote unquote during the show's recently announced 10 seasons that's a lot of seasons um and like I said the affirmation possibility of um her character being on the Rick Grimes movies who who's uh star Andrew Lincoln also recently left the show we've already talked about that so Go ahead, girl. Do your thing. Um, Star Trek Discovery. Uh oh, wait a minute. Is do we have a wild um, agent of seventy? Just appeared. Yes, that sounds like um, that sounds like the case. That is me. I apologize, ladies and gentlemen, for not being able to join on a timely basis. Just before starting tonight's show, I ran into some technical difficulties uh, that required uh, all sorts of stupidity. Which is so, weird because it seemed like it was working when you first got on. But nevertheless, uh, things happen. You know, we, exactly. I, cha- I tried to change a setting and everything went haywire. Yes. So that's how it works. Yes. So once again, Agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram, which I've already said that. Uh, just get you on the date. I have not done comic books yet. I am doing the news first to kind okay. of just to give you uh, time to, um, you know, do your business. So got it. So as soon as I've been, I am nearing the end of the um, cinematic uh, cinematic news. Got it. In fact, I am on the other page. Uh, if. if Oh, there's a spillover. Yeah, there is a little bit of spillover, which is not, not oh, much. Okay. So, like I said, I've been trying to go through it and uh, try to get through some of the rest of it so we can go ahead and get into the comics. Anywho, Got it. Getting, yeah, there was a lot of news uh, last week. Uh, so, anyway, um, Star Trek Discovery explains the low-tech 60s vibe of the original show with a weird canon twist. Um, I am not caught up with this, so I don't know, but they explained it some kind of way, and that's all I will say. Something has some. I guess there was a. Yeah, they they explained some kind of way. If you've seen it, you've seen it. I have not seen it, so I I've read a little bit of this article, but I'm not even gonna go into it. Um, 
But it sounds well. From what I remember, it sounds it's, it's interesting. So if you did not know, TOS had a uh, had a bunch of different kind of sh- uh, a, a drastically different ships from what we saw from the Klingon, especially Klingon ships, uh, and actually Federation ships. Not I think in later series. So I guess they explained that away. Um, next up, speaking of Star Treks, Patrick Stewart reveals when his new Picard. Star Trek series will take place and sounds like it will be 19 years after um I believe what uh, the Nemesis after Star Trek Nemesis well wait no it's just here a uh, final episode of Next Generation All Good Things was set in 20 2370 with the Picard series taking place 19 years later it means that the series will be set in 2089 which is weird because he probably won't be looking that much younger or older than what he did so and it says here last time Stuart played Picard was in Star Trek Nemesis there you go which was set in 2379 um and see the time frame also means that two years have passed since the soup since the supernova destroyed Romulus in 2387 uh this is an event that is said to have radically altered Picard's life. Which was that in Nemesis? I don't remember that if that was the case or not. I don't know. Regardless, guess what? A lot of time will have been passed. And of course, Picard will look some strangely the same. Unless they do what they did in one of the shows and age him up. I don't know. Um, which maybe that could happen. Anywho, Peter Dinklage to star in Boom's Last Sons of America, which is a book I have never heard of before. Uh, Game of Thrones actor Peter Dinklage has been cast as the lead in a film adaptation of Philip Kennedy Johnson and Matthew Dow Smith's The Last Sons of America from Boom Studios, according to Deadline. Uh, Dinklage, Dinklage will actually portray two characters. Twin brothers who run an adoption agency in a world where Americans can no longer bear children. But people in other countries can. Wow. Okay. Um, director Josh Mond is reportedly signed on to helm the film along with Batman director Matt Reeves as producer. No projected release date. Um, and last in in cinematic news, <laughs> news I'm sure we all wanted to hear. Wanted to hear. Uh, Masters of the Universe movie reportedly stars filming starts filming in July. So yeah, that Masters of the Universe film is apparently still coming. Yay! Um, let's see. It says here, Iron Man and Men in Black International writers Matt Holloway and Art uh, Mark were said to be taking over the screenplay, and the Knee Brothers. Uh, were publicly were reported to be directing. I don't know who the Knee Brothers are, and all I'm thinking of is the Mighty Python uh, and the Holy Grail. So that can't possibly be it. Um, the film was previously expected to start filming in spring of last year and hit theaters in December of this year, but apparently that's not going to be the case. Um, so anyway, yeah, that will be supposedly still coming. That is it for the cinematic news. We can transition into comic news. Yep. Oh, um, some. I will take these one, two, probably three, four ones because uh, they're all Transformers related. 
First up, thank the primes. Optimus Prime's red Bumblebee design is getting a fantastic figure. So uh, apparently there's going to be a Optimus Prime figure based off the Bumblebee movie, which I still haven't seen yet, sounds like. Um, and I don't know if that's it right there. Actually, that looked like that might be it in the, the picture. Yeah, that definitely looks like it's it because I didn't look like the, the, the OG Prime figure. So looks cool. Uh, next up. Next up, oh, you took all the Transformers? Yeah, I took all those. Uh, The Transformers card games next delightfully silly combiner set is Superion. So, oh man, I forgot to bring my, my, this doesn't matter, but I'll, so there's a new set of of cards coming out for the Transformers uh, trading card game, and it's ridiculous. So... Because so the, so the next expansion for this thing is, are based off of the combiners, which if you know about anything about the combiners in the uh, Transformers universe, the five robots become one. Now, if you know anything about the Transformers trading card games, the um, the cards for the actual Auto, Autobots and Decepticons are bigger than average trading card trading cards. Um, twice the size; they're like five five and three quarters, something like that, which means. Uh, and they already have a Metroplex card, which is bigger than that. So with this combiner set that is coming up, there's going to be basically five of those big ass cards that are going to combine into one. Um, and then there's the funniest thing ever, I guess. I don't know how they're going to. I'm not sure how. I, well, I have seen if, if you see the picture here. There's a the picture of Aerie, one of the um what of one of the aerial bots, and there's you know the 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 standard vehicle mode and robot mode, and he's one part of uh, Superion. And then mm. this next picture down here is the completed Superion, which is basically like it five big behind cards and the stats with it. And like I said, I I, w- I meant to bring out my cards and to to show all of that, but it doesn't matter. Um. Ooh, I just seen some news um, that I will get to later. Uh, Transformers Rise of the Combiners card game unleashes Warpath. Hey, Tim wrote this. Shout out to Tim. Uh, so yeah, and this, uh, another thing with these, these card reveals, they've been putting them out in different places. Like they've had Twitch streamers doing it. They've been doing it on their own channel and they've been giving them to outlets to um, to reveal some of the new cards. And this is one of them. Which is Warpath, uh, not a combiner, but um, if you remember the old Transformers cartoon, he was a tank and went bang, zoom, a whole lot. Hey, you know, the 80s cartoon was silly. Regardless, he's going to be in a new pack, uh, uh, one of the new cards in the new pack, or the new set of um, cards that is coming soon, actually, because I think that's next month, early next month, yeah. Uh, Transformers Rise of the Combiners booster packs will be available March 1st. So, a couple of weeks. Um, last up with that, speaking of, official Transformers trading card mobile app, mobile app now available for Android and iOS. So, basically what this is is a companion app for the trading card game. You can, and I just downloaded this um, uh, yesterday when I found out about this, actually. So it's it's on iOS and Android, and basically you can put your cards, you can input your 
the cards that you own. You can also use it in the course of a, a game of the, the the trading card game to kind of you know use it for damage mitigation and all that kind of good mess. So it's a cool app. It still needs a little bit of work. It's like like it says on the picture here: team builder, card gallery, damage uh, tracker. As it says here, like I said, it doesn't seem to have all of the cards, uh, but it has most of them. And it looks like he didn't, he didn't have some of the combiner cards. And again, it also does damage tracking, tracking during the course of a game, which is handy because there's a lot to keep track of in that game. And you can also build a team out of it. So it's pretty cool. So if you are into the Transformers uh, trading card game, you should check out that app. Um, and that, folks, is that for that. Next up, Hot Toys, Captain Marvel, six-scale figure, arrived this past week. Mm-hmm. Um, so Hot Toys, as they have been wont to do, are putting out their own six-scale uh, version of uh, uh, the latest MCU heroes. Uh, you know, These are of uh, better... Higher quality than Marvel Legends, but not by as much as you might think. But, but and still, high price. right? I was about to say, and and uh, uh, but uh, but ultimately, there is a market for these uh, Hot Toys uh, figures. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those of you watching on video, um, Goose, aka Chewie, is uh, on the screen with uh, Captain Marvel. So, uh, you know, for those of you who are in the market for uh, Hot Toys figures, shout out to Eclectic. Um, you know, Does that he? stuff's out there. I didn't know he was into those. Some hmm. interesting, so yeah. And then you see here the, the you know, the site, the, 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 the set, you know, while pricey does have a lot to come with, there's a bunch of hands, a couple of heads, uh, a couple of different heads, and a couple of different uh, arm, arm, um, you know, blast poses, basically that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. jacket, goose. AKA Chewy, blah, 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 a lot of stuff. So, you know, some would argue it's worth it. So, yeah, you know. Yeah, listen, if you have the spare income, Basically, then yeah. whoop de doo. Good for you. And apparently, this is a prototype shown, uh, and it's not, that's not the, this may not be the final version of it. So, yeah. Uh, looks like Q4, uh, either Q4 this year or Q1 next year. So, we'll see. Oh, all right, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, next up, Jason Aaron drafts the Marvel Universe into a War of the Realm. So this, uh, if I'm not mistaken, this is an article. Yeah, this is an article talking with Jason Aaron about the upcoming War of the Realms um, event, which is, what, two months? A month? Well, now Soon. it's about a month and a half away. Yeah. But yeah, it's still, you're still getting books this uh, this month that have uh, two months away on the on the banner. Right. So, and there's an article with uh, Jason Aaron talking about that that big blow up. So, cool beans. Next, speaking of War of the Realms, right? So, uh, there's going to be a War of the Realms magazine also uh, to be published from Marvel. Mm-hmm. You got to got to blow out these events, folk. Um, and which is going to come out uh, April third, looks like, and it's going to cost. Oh, Marvel intends for replay- retailers to offer the magazine for free as a free giveaway. That's right. With a wholesale cost of $5 per 25-count bundle, um, the publisher will be sending out free bundles to retailers based on their status as Diamond Comics distributor retailers. So, so it'll be free. 
you know, if you're if your comic book store is in good standing and they get a lot of them, <laughs> whatever that means. Next yeah. up, uh, Doctor Strange 12 and 13 push back three weeks. Uh, so, which means that, uh, let's see, Doctor Strange 11 remains on schedule for February 20th. 12 and 13 are the first two issues of uh, Barry Kitson's planned run on the series. Following uh, original series artist Jesus Saiz. Oh, that sucks. You knew that Jesus Saiz wasn't going to be on forever. Well, but that sucks. Or is this, a, is this an interim thing? Uh, it might be an interim thing. It doesn't because it doesn't say he's like leaving the book. It just says like, this, well, it's all the first two issue. Yeah, the first is two issues of Barry Kitson's planned. Well, it's a planned run on the series, so which means maybe um, Saez is taking a break or okay, they're changing artist for whatever the um, whatever's going to happen in the um, this this arc. War of the Realms, possibly. Yeah, if there's a crossover bit. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and notice the real retailers. Marvel said that these two issues would now be released on March twenty seventh and April twenty fourth. Gotcha. All righty. Uh, next up, uh, Jim Zub is going to be co-writing Tony Stark Iron Man. He's going to begin co-writing the series with Dan Slott, beginning with number nine, which was recently pushed back to a March thirteenth release. That's a couple of. I'm sorry? No, I was about to say, it's a couple of pushbacks. Things are getting pushed. Well, let's be honest. There's a lot of product coming out in the next two months because of War of the Realms, too. That's so. true. Yeah. Like, if I'm not mistaken, um, is it the Iron Man book? Where Slot's not even writing the uh, War well, of the Realms. According to... Uh, yeah, that might be that might be actually maybe that's Dubs up doing because um, apparently yeah. So apparently, according to this, um, Slots doing the, has the outline already said. Dubs just doing the, the actual script. Yeah. So cool. Dubs oh. getting more work. He's also doing uh, as you know, you know, champions. He also got his other license working or whatever going on. So mm-hmm. helping your peoples out, I guess. Um, next up. Uh, Spider-Man Venom free comic book day comic sets up two Marvel Universe events. And I believe Tim might have mentioned something about this uh, when he was on the show last week. So Marvel Comics has announced his second free comic book day title for 2019. It'll be Spider-Man Venom number one by the creative team of Donnie Cates, Ryan Stegman, Tom Taylor, Saladin Ahmed, and Corey Smith. So, uh, also the dual Spider-Man and Venom stories will both lead to separate tales that Marvel teases will change not only Peter Parker's, Miles Morales, and Eddie Brock, but the entire Marvel Universe, because there's got to be something that does it every other week. Oh, thank you. That was perfect. Uh, Tom Taylor, Solomon Omid, and Solomon Omid, and Corey Smith will be, will take Peter and... Blah, 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 blah. You know what? It's a thing that's going to happen. Free comic days coming. Exactly, it's coming. Believe it or not, it's coming. Mm-hmm. So, um, in a more circuitous route for uh, getting comic book work, um, Tony Award-winning Broadway actor James Monroe Iglehart is set to write a Spider-Man short for the MCP Marvel Comics Presents mm-hmm. uh, book. The story is scheduled to run in uh, March's uh issue which is number three of the uh 
anthology of the anthology series and it's going to be drawn by ray anthony height uh i've actually seen Heart. he's best known for his role as the genie in the broadway adaptation of disney's aladdin i did not see him in that huh. uh, for which he earned a tony award for best featured actor in a musical um but uh, I, I instead saw him um, in 2017 in Hamilton, and sure you did where go. he played Lafayette and uh, Thomas Jefferson. Right. One of the lucky few. You were 1% of you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but so, yeah, so put that down. So add that to the, um, the chart, folks, of how to get into comics. You become exactly. a, a Tony Award winning Broadway actor. Exactly. So, yeah, you know, I, I'm like, you know what? Let, let, yeah, let, let's keep on moving. It's, it's not a slide. It's just like, it's just, wow. It's, mm. um, That's funny. It's like, however it, is, however it is you can get known, right? You know, yeah, you really want to and, and have an, and, right, and have an interest in writing comic books. So it's like, well, there you go. Yeah. Um. So anyway, the, the last X-Men story just doomed... Uh, Marvel's Next Generation of Mutants, and this is a spoiler for Uncanny X-Men 11, which I think came out this week? Last week? So, this yeah. is last week. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not up on Uncanny. You, I think you are. You and Tim are. Or you are. Right. Definitely. We spoke about this. We spoke we about this of. last week, but in very abstract terms. And we, we definitely didn't, didn't talk about the, 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 the newer of the, the mutant, you know, some of which I think are useless, but that's just me. If it's the crew I'm thinking about. So, yeah, blindfold, well, blindfold, blindfold aside, which I do remember reading a couple of issues. But anyway, something happens to the, the new crew, I guess, with that's rock sliding them, if I'm not mistaken. Thinking. So, yeah, we'll see. Or somebody will see. I won't be the one. Um, mm. I don't know. I'm going to catch up. Next up. Uh, is this mine? Sure. Uh, Conan the Barbarian number three returns with the second printing. So these first three issues of Conan are apparently selling well enough to uh, require uh, second printing. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, as noted before, because we talked about it before, the first two um, issues, specifically, specifically the second issue received the second printing before it even came out. Um, and matter of fact, it received the second printing when the first, the week the first one came out, which was weird. Um, and as a matter of fact, a little behind the scenes before, you know, before we actually started recording and I was waiting for you while you were handling your, um, your, your technical, I just started reading that first issue. No kidding. Yeah. So I, it's, yeah, it's interesting. So, you know, from what I read of it, I got halfway through it before, before you, you know, started it's, I was about to say it's kind of fun to go back to the character and the premise after having really not seen it for a long time. Right. So I think it's refreshing in that regard. And Jason Aaron's writing it, so you know it's definitely going to be interesting on that front. And yeah, because it's uh, if you if folks did not know, Conan just got back under Marvel um, license. Holding, right. And speaking of, uh, you know, trying to put that license to the fullest, yeah, use. I know, right? The, the, yeah, there is that, yeah. 
Oh, no. no. Oh, yeah. That is, yeah, that your next story hit right. right on that. You, I forgot about that. Wolverine, Venom, Punisher, Conan, uh, more headline Savage Avengers title. And I'm guessing this is go- also going to have, yeah, this is definitely going to be spinning out of Avengers No Road uh, Home, which we will be talking about uh, in a little bit. Uh, so apparently Jerry Duggan and Mike Diodato Jr. will launch a new ongoing series called titled uh, Savage Avengers. This may, I believe Jerry Duggan was, came out on um, Twitter yesterday, if I'm not mistaken, and said something like, these are the Avengers who are, uh, who are not afraid to aim for the head. Oh, no. <laughs> Shots fired, man. Hold on. Shots fired. Yeah, because, you know, the Avengers have that no-killing thing, even though some of them have killed before. Regardless... Uh, so this, uh, according according to Duggan, this is an unsanctioned team of heroes. Uh, I'm not sure why they're being called Avengers. Um, personally, that's my thing. Uh, it has to do. It has to be something that visually makes sense to you, and I think it does. Mike Diodato Jr. is illustrating the book uh, in both worlds. So da 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 da. So, and we do know that. Conan is going to be meeting up with the Avengers in issue six of uh, Avengers No Road Home, which and being that that's coming out weekly is going to be next month. So that's going to be interesting. And this is going to be in this Savage Avengers is due out May 1st. I don't know. So uh, the makeup of the team is, as, as for mentioned, Wolverine, Venom, Punisher, Conan. And uh, does it say anybody else? Oh, um, Punisher, Electra, and Butter Brother Voodoo, which I believe that's Doctor Voodoo. Please um, get him in respect. Who, again, we will be also talking about um, in the Avengers No Road Home. Uh, Duggan also writes uh, the Conan solo title Savage Sword of Conan, which, oh, by the way, came out this week. Um, so yeah, that's all Conan all the time. Is he going to be the new Wolverine? Probably not because the old one is still intact. But you're going to see a lot of them because of the uh, yeah. fact that they want to maximize that license. Yeah, like you said. So, oof, good. You're going to see a lot of them. Yeah. Which, again, like I said, so far uh, from what I read, that first issue was all right. I don't know. I, I'm not a big Conan dude, but hey, mm-hmm. it is what it is. I was about to say President Obama was. Was he? <laughs> yeah. That and Spidey. Those are the books that he cited that he's uh, talked about reading as a kid. Well, I mean, yeah. Who? You know who doesn't like Spidey? Okay, and doesn't. You got to remember. I was about to say you got to remember the times though, because that's when Marvel had the license, and you know they they sure. did put out a lot of Conan books. That you are not lying. So <laughs> again, everything you know, is all this new again. They put out the uh, the Savage magazine as well. So mm-hmm. you're right. Um, Alrighty, well, President next Obama, up. President Obama also featured in a Spidey book. So, yes, exactly. At one point, so anyway, next. So up. next up. Uh, new a new Marvel contest of champions arcade game has been announced that Woo! is going to be featured in Dave and Buster's location. So, um, you know you can go there and I guess pay for tickets or a card and play a uh, contest of champions. I guess on a, a, a arcade console, mm-hmm. arcade correct. cabinet. Yeah, okay, that cool. Is correct. 
So, if you did not know, the Consensus of Champion, the, it was a mobile game that sprung loosely from the the book of the of of a, the similarly named is now heading to the arcade in the form of a Dave and Buster like premiers to say and it sounds like it's already out today. Um, and I'm guessing it doesn't necessarily say so, but if if it's going the route of the mobile game, it's a fighting game. But it doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. say what it's going to be. But it sounds like that sounds pretty reasonable that it's going to be a fighting game. Um. So, I need to go check that out. And apparently it says here, by starting a new game, attendees will earn a new champion card and duel against their opponent. Uh, with over 70 champions to collect there and more being added soon. Sooners will... I don't know if that's... Uh, no, I guess that is... Um, wait. The players can build a roster of fan-favorite Marvel champions and fight against the computer and or friends in real time. I don't know if they're talking about the the mobile game on that front or they're talking about the arcade game. I don't know. Investigation will be had. Science will be done. Mm-hmm. Next up. Next up. Uh, this is you. Uh, Marvel hires College Humor CBO as new media senior VP. So Marvel Entertainment has hired Shane Romani as its new senior vice president slash general manager of new media. Uh, and for mention, he came from uh, College Humor. So that's an interesting move. Uh, He will work out of Marvel's New York City office and report directly to Dan Buckley. Alrighty. Uh, Next up, uh, Wendy's Twitter has settled the Marvel versus DC debate. The fast food giant uh, made it very clear which side it takes in the great Marvel versus DC debate. Uh, Wendy's sides with Marvel. In response to a a tweet question posed by Gail Simone. Yeah, so just a little bit of backstory on that. Apparently, I don't know what started her doing that, but Gail Simone's been out there. Some people love her, some people, some people hate her. Those people who hate her are stupid. But we, um, you know, have just having some fun on the internet, folks. Apparently, I saw some of this going down, and it's like it was kind of weird. I was like, why is Wendy's, you know, why is Wendy's chiming in on this? And then, of course, it goes back to Gail Simone asking. Uh, said questions, said question. So, and Wendy's uh, listed Matt Fraction's Hawkeye, Tom King's Vision, and the original Civil War while praising the artwork of for- former Uncanny X-Men Joe Mad- Madarera and expressing fireman's for the X-Men and Black Panther. So whoever's running, basically, and so this is, there's a couple of more articles, buckle up, folks, uh, about this little, this thing, which I found amusing to no end. Um, sure. So, our first follow-up story mm-hmm. is yours. Yes, Little Debbie is conflicted between Marvel and DC, <laughs> but just wants peace. <laughs> oh. So, again, you know, um, so, you know what, this also brings up, so, if you've been out on Twitter and, and social media, you know, there's brands, you know, people, brands that are, have their Twitter accounts, and some of them have been has a little has been a little silly at, at times and weird and funny and strange and I don't know but I don't know this 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 here is is amusing in its own right because you know you've seen like um Wendy's kind of go at it with folks and 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 a couple of other places you get the goes so yeah little Debbie gets into the act 
um, by saying, when asked by Gail Simone again, uh, who do you prefer? She, they say, and I quote, Dear Gail, are you referring to the movies? We enjoyed Marvel's ambition and general success in building a complex cinematic universe with the rest of heroes. Um, but we also appreciate DC Universe's willingness to allow each hero story to be told in unique ways. So both. I mean, just yeah. keep with the snack cakes, Debbie. Little, little uh, Debbie rat in the fence there. So, yeah. oh, and then of course it goes, little Debbie also goes on to, which leads us to a greater thought. Our culture is obsessed with competition and comparison. We can't simply appreciate things for what they are, which, you know what? There's truth to that. Uh, preferences are fine, but often people act as if they have to hate one thing in order to remain loyal to the other thing. That's bad. Which, you know what? Agreed. Totally agree. People take things a little too far. You know, whoever's running uh, Lil Debbie's, um, you know, um, social media account had a point. All right. So next up, our next our next round of uh, <laughs> coverage on this, uh, the DC uh, editorial slash creative had a crushing response to Wendy's viral Marvel preference. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, COO, what uh, the chief creative, the CCO and publisher uh, posted a photo to Twitter of himself and publisher Dan DiDio eating McDonald's and Burger King, respectively, as you can at see their weekly publishers' meeting. As you can see, if you're watching the video for this here show, right? There's a bot, there's a bag from each. Uh, fast food joint in front of the uh, the two aforementioned folks, and they're both chowing down on burgers. Actually, it is worth also mentioning. I believe Hostess also got. I don't know if that other article mentions this, um, but Hostess also got put into it and uh, got got brought into this. And if you remember correctly, those of a certain vintage, Hostess was in. His Hostess has advertisements in both. Marvel and DC books. Yes, long running long, back in the 70s and 80s. And that was brought up during the course of that. And like I said, I don't know if this if that one of the articles mentions that, but we don't have to go back and you know, so and I can't remember what their response to I think their response was actual uh Marvel. I can't remember right off the right off the right off the bat. But I know they got brought into it and it was it was it was funny and I, and as soon as I saw um Hostess got brought up to it, and that was that was the, the exact thing I meant into. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, none of either way. So brands, brands, and Gail Simone had some fun over the course of the week, um, and according apparently, uh, so did DC's um, higher ups. So um, last in this uh, gauntlet of uh, brand news. Oh wait, that's not actually that no, was it. That was the last one. Yeah. So. Um, I'm sure that is a developing story if more comes over, but I think that was pretty much it. Um, DC kicks off Black History Month with a new age of DC hero, except for he's not a new hero. Uh, I know that is the line they're using for like, uh, you know, the the terrifics and uh, uh, damage and all those folks. That's why this article is saying that. But I was like, wait, Mr. Terrific is not a new hero. <laughs> Regardless, DC Hero, DC Comics is kicking off Black History Month with an image of Michael Holt, the current Mr. Terrific, and star of one of the three remaining three uh, New Age of Heroes titles. The publisher posted the image on his official Twitter. 
Um, Mr. Terrific stands on a slab of rock with his teeth spears hovering above. You can see the picture if you're looking, if you're watching, if you watch the video. Uh, and the, 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 the comment underneath says this black history month, hashtag black history month, uh, honor the heroes willing to stand tall in the face of adversity. And mm-hmm. again, you see Mr. Mr. Uh, Mr. Terrific right there. So. I don't know if they put anybody else out after, or is that the only one? Like, I know DC, well, DC does have some black heroes that don't have a whole, whole, whole lot, but I don't recall seeing anybody else after this, but we'll see. And it's a short month and it's halfway over, but, you know. Here we are at the halfway point. Yeah. Anyway, next up. Next up, Jim Lee offered a sneak peek at Detective Comics issue number 1000. And uh, he, you know, it's his contribution to the milestone issue. Hmm. And uh, I know he's doing a variant cover for the book, but I guess he's doing an interior story and he provided a sneak peek. Mm-hmm. You can see it once again on the video. Right. Uh, next up, Funko, Major DC Hero makes their Funko Pop debut alongside new Joker vinyl. That hero is Red Robin. Uh, is it, wait, is it? Is it Red Robin or Robin? No, it's, Rock, it's Robin. Robin. Tweedly. Yeah. So wait, Funko's new figure brings this version of the characters. Like, I thought it was. Wait a minute, hold on. Oh, this is uh, Jason Todd. Mm-hmm. No, wait, no, no. It is. It is Tim Drake. I was, that's what. It is Red Robin. So it's Red Robin and Joker. Which, okay, there you go. Um, next up. Right. So in. For the folks who mm-hmm. are fans of this show, who know that uh, some of our uh, hosts are, you know, action figure collectors. Um, this is this came as a bit of a surprise that DC and McFarlane Toys signed a deal for McFarlane Toys to produce uh, collectibles and action figures uh, for the DC Multiverse line. So. McFarlane Toys is set to release, according to IGN, uh, 6-inch to 12-inch ultra-posable figures based on everything from the DC Multiverse's many properties. Uh, That's going to begin in 2020, so it's going to be not quite a year away from now. Yeah. So, Basically next year. So they need some production time for... Sculpting and production, and well, I believe, and I believe somebody else also had a license that's probably going to be up by that time, if I'm not mistaken. That's usually how that works. I know they usually have multiple licenses running at some some returns, but so. In terms of the six inch, you know, the kind of like the the classic, or or the now classic superhero action figure line mm. size scale, right? So. You know, this is interesting. I'm not, listen, I really haven't bought much of anything in terms of McFarlane toys stuff since the first spawn wave, (laughs) since this first spawn wave. Right. Um, That's old school for y'all out there. Um, You know, I know that he, that the McFarlane toys did a pretty good job of producing various scales of Walking Dead toys, Mm -hmm. but I don't know. But having never bought any, I don't know what uh, what the quality, what the quality level right. exactly of these figures are. From what I could tell, the facial uh, resemblances seem to be okay. 
and got better over time, which, you know, which has been the trend, you know, with facial mapping software um, and, and sculpting software for uh, action figures over the last, you know, just over the last few years. Mm-hmm. So that's not surprising, but let's see how they fare with these slightly larger scale figures. Right. So I guess we'll see starting next year. Uh, next up. FSA, I was going to ask for a question because I don't think you have too much DC as far as action figures, do you? Most of your stuff is Marvel. I have, yeah, most of my stuff is Marvel. Uh, in terms of DC stuff, my DC stuff is older. Right. So, cool. Uh, Dark Horse 2 published Hellboy, The Art of the Motion Picture, which is another art book about, um, well, hey, self-explanatory, Art of the Motion Picture, which looks like it's going to go through... Well, anyway, regardless, it's um, on sale for thirty nine ninety nine. It's available for free order on Amazon. Gorgeous design hardcover book that showcases concept art and set photography to offer a behind the scenes look at one of the most highly anticipated films of nineteen. Okay, so it's for the the upcoming version of Hellboy, not the older stuff, not the older two movies. Uh, the book uh, offers an inside look at the creation of the film with, with, with nearly 1,000 pieces of art and photography and 200 full-color pages. So, all right. There you go. All right. Next up, uh, Kari Randolph and Brandon Thomas are launching a new creator-owned series at Image Comics slash Skybound called Excellence. It's Shout set in a world of, of magic. Yeah. So, this came out today actually um uh this news came out earlier this morning and i'm kind of looking forward to this actually so as uh, agent 70 said it's uh set in the world of magic uh and the secret society of black magicians excellence which is the name of the book is scheduled to debut may 8th uh and it's about spencer dales who was born into a world of magic his father belongs to ages a secret society of black magicians ordered to, by their unseen masters to better the lives of other. Uh, it sounds like a pretty good premise. I, I, I'm not sure what to liken it to because you you can't really say Harry Potter or something like that. And it looks we like will the- see because you know it's probably a very you know it's a different take on uh, you know magic in in, in our world or the right. or you know. Um, then let's say bit, something like bitter root, you know, right? So we shall see, yeah. So again, looking forward to this. And there's even a, it looks like there's even a trailer that you can go look and look at, um, uh, about this this book. So I, I didn't, I should have, but regardless, I didn't. Um, but again, shout out to them, to, to them fellows. Looking forward to, to checking that out. 10 comic digital comic books you need to read right now and apparently one of which is the aforementioned Conan the Barbarian book and the Terrifics looks like so PC Magazine of all places you know diversifying a little bit I guess you know slightly diversifying because still you know digital comics is not necessarily their realm or comics are not necessarily their realm but nevertheless you know digital stuff Whatever. So, Conan the Barbarian, uh, Crypto Shadows, Dakota North. Wait a minute, what? <laughs> oh, the old Dakota North. 
comic from 86, which is a Marvel thing. Why did it have that? I, I thought they were talking about... Anyway, uh, Deathstroke Arkham, which is which is um, the Deathstroke, the current Deathstroke run with uh, Christopher Free for writing it. Doomsday Clock, which is probably never going to end. Uh, so it looks like they have some new and old stuff in here, regardless. Immortal Hulk being one of them. That's, I mean, highly, you know, highly regarded by us. Kill or be killed. Uh, the Seeds, which I've heard decent things about. Uh, the Anna Sinti, uh David Aha book. Uh, the Terrifics. And yeah, that's it. So there's a mix of new and not so new stuff that's in here. I need to catch up on Destro because I am hearing pretty decent things about that one. Uh, and last but not least, it's our last story, right? This is it. The Boondocks returns and strips have targeted Trump and R. Kelly. I am the stone that the builder refused. That's right. Aaron Magruder, um, is, has been doing some strips of the Boondocks. In fact, I saw Carl Jones who, um, headed up, who was the showrunner for the show, um, one talking about this and talking about there was a uh, rumor that there's possibly an, some more boondock show that could potentially come that may or may not be with him in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, then it, cause I think uh, from what he said, he left the show after the third season and the fourth season. Some people, a lot of people didn't like, I don't even remember the fourth season, but regardless, Aaron Magruder, the creator of the boondocks um, has been doing some new strips um, but he doesn't have a place or at least so far hasn't had a place to put them out. So Charlemagne, uh, from the breakfast club, former DJ here in South Carolina, slight asshole, regardless has been putting him out on this. Um, <laughs> he calls himself the God. So, well, yeah, but I know which he has for a long time. Even when he worked here, he was calling himself that, but his head is bigger than his actual. Anyway, Regardless, like, he, only Rock Kim can get away with this. Yeah, and oh. you know, and he don't even call himself, you know, he don't even take it that far. But regardless, exactly. um, so like I said, Aaron doing was doing some strips, and uh, who's doing the Sean Kim? It's the artist who who worked on the animated, right? So that's why the art style is a little bit different from. Because I right, it's totally, right. It's Sung Kim. Sung Kim, thank he you. Did the animation for the for the show, right? So you know, it's subtly different from what the old strip looked like, but it does resemble still shots from the animated series, right? But it, but it's and it still has the the well, seemingly still has the wit of the old short. So, so I don't know if um, Magruder is going to get his own Instagram account and stop using uh, Charlemagne's or whatever the case may be. But regardless. We got some, we got some new Boondocks material, um, yeah, and it goes after folks. So it's good stuff. Shots, you should go check it out. Shots fired. <laughs> yes, as as uh, as Boondocks has always tended to do in the strips and on the show, actually. So, um, so anyway, that is that for the news. And if you would be so kind to grace us with an ad. Our first ad of the night is for Wink, the personalized wine club. Wink is a world of wine delivered right to your door. From Rosé to Cabernet to Toronto, Wink has over 100 styles of wine to discover. Ever try an orange wine? 
Wink connects you to a world of exclusive wines tailored to your tastes and delivered directly to your door. Wink delivers four bottles of wine to you every month with free shipping. You can pick your own bottles or let Wink choose and match to your taste. It doesn't cost a thing to become a member, and you can skip or cancel anytime. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can enjoy an exclusive discount of $20 off your first order. To place your first order with $20 off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us forward slash wink. That's cspn.us forward slash W-I-N-C. Wink Wines through CSPN. Do it today. I may have some Wink Wine after we finish recording this. So now, folks, let us go back in time to the front and do the news of, of the comic books of the week. Which we don't so have. The reviews of the comic books of the week. Correct. Which we don't normally have a transition to because we, we start off with ah, it. We'll transform. We, you know, we'll, 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 we'll transition. Sure, that works. And since we do got not, transition sounds for, for everything. That is, that is absolutely true because we could just do something like <laughs> or Oh, you did that. Oh, one, exactly. Right? Or this use that one. Oh, no. <laughs> I was just love using that. Anyway, uh, uh, comic no, books no. from the week. And since we didn't get a chance to talk about this beforehand, I think it's only right that we start off with the big event one for the week, which is Avengers No Road Home number one. I think it's safe that that would be since we both read that one. We did. Yeah, that one. works. Yeah. Um, I I guess you haven't been really reading a lot of Avengers stuff because I wasn't surprised by the uh, Scarlet Witch and the Doctor Voodoo connection. That's actually been a long running thing. I mean, has it? Yeah. Because the end of you know what it is. It was it was running through uh, the previous uh, uncanny. No, well, yeah, it was running in Uncanny Avengers, and it also was running in what was the name of the um the the the, the previous weekly uh, series that escapes me at the moment. Um, um, no surrender. No surrender. Yes, I don't see. I did read that, and I don't remember that that being that being ever even. I don't remember Doctor Voodoo even been in that one. It's been going on for a little while, not for that long, but it's been going on for a little while. And I know I've. There might have been shades of it from the Quicksilver. I know uh, the Quicksilver uh, coming out of that event. Now that I think about it, because Scarlet, because he, uh, Scarlet, he and Scarlet Witch was helping Pietro in his book, if I remember correctly. So, and I think I don't. No, you're I, correct. I, he he did appear there, but in a small role. Right, but so, uh, like I said, it had, been, it had actually predated that. So yeah, it's been going on for a while. I, I'll take your word for it because I don't remember yeah. that one. But like right, I know, so, and I know because of the whole Doctor Strange and the whole magic thing, I know they've you know they've definitely knew of right. it, and that's not good. But that was a weird thing. Right. The only other weird thing is that how why did what? Well, actually, at first this is where I read it because I actually before I read the actual issue, I had saw the conversation between Hawkeye and Wanda. Which led me to think that why does Wanda still have his stuff in her apartment? But it wasn't. They were at Avengers Mansion. So 
I'm like, okay, that makes more sense then. I'm like, wait, why is she keeping his old stuff when they hadn't messed around in decades? And it wasn't even that long when they kind of supposedly messed around. Right, but you know, it's part it's it's all in the uh the wake of the the mansion, so Sure. Um but uh, I wanted to talk about the premise of the story. Yes. And you know, essentially it's a decent premise without spoiling too much. It's really you know how we start things. Mm-hmm. Eternal Night has descended around the universe. Yes, and, and somehow we can't, we can't say the person's name because she will appear like Candyman. Exactly. And somehow <laughs> uh this person who is a member of or at least a distant member of the Greek pantheon of gods mm-hmm. um is is behind it. But ultimately what's what what's what what shocks you out of your suspension of disbelief is that it's none other than the character who was in no surrender thank you for reminding me what i can't believe i forgot that awesome title no surrender because it reminds you of so many bad 80s songs um and 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 the movie no surrender no retreat there you go um it's the character that played a vital role in that in that series. It's Voyager, yes. who's responsible for seeing it coming and assembling this Avengers team that is the you know that's the crux of the the, the first issue. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like she you know speaking of um, you know kind of assembling the team in advance of uh, a threat that's coming. Like it's like she's pulling a Raven slash tri, you know a Trigon here, right? Well, technically, that's kind of what happened with the last series because she was the Raven to to the Grandmaster's uh, Trigun. If exactly. you, if you did not know, Voyager is the daughter of the Grandmaster. Exactly, um, one of the elders of the universe. So, um, and yeah, I couldn't see. I vaguely remember what happened at the end of that because I know there was some amends was taken and I thought she had either disappeared or just left to, 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 for, or died. I can't remember. No, she didn't die, but I can't remember what happened at the end of surrender, but I know she ended up leaving. So the fact that she's back here now, you know, it is what it is. So yeah, here we have a hodgepodge of different Avengers groups that were brought together. So the one thing that was weird to me in this one of the first people that were recruited, one was the Hulk. Cause, you right. know, uh, which makes, well, not necessarily makes sense. Well, it makes sense, but it doesn't make sense. Cause the Hulk was a part of that last, um, last event one. Um, but uh, the, the Hulk, which was amusingly had some, um, run-ins with some of the people to varying degree in this issue. Well, which one of it which still hasn't been addressed yet. Um, because at a part of that event, the Hulk ends up being let loose. In fact, kind of sort of comes back from the dead because of that to a point. Now that I think about it, uh, to be used by the Grandmaster in that last event and ends up going up against the Avengers. Um, most notably Vision, who we know, uh, if you've read Champions fairly recently and that last event, well, not even that last event, because apparently some of that stuff is coming out of it, is quote unquote dying mm. due to some unknown reasonings that may, that seems to have come from his run in with the Hulk, because he got ripped apart. 
He get it's like he had his head partially crushed. Another thing about it during the course of that uh, last event, but they rebuild him. And at some point, Champion brought it up the fact that he's dying, and they brought it back up here because they were trying to test out what's going on with him. With one Monica Rambeau and uh, the Blue Marvel, which again, once they got to the point to where they they started recruiting people, notably Vision. Uh, and uh, Spectrum, aka Ron Monica Rambo, aka the the the, the, the Captain Marvel we respect. No, I'm just kidding. Um, actually, I, mean, I, was, I was about to say. I mean, it's kind of true in some some circles. Let's face it. But you know, um, you know, shout out to Carol. We love Carol, and she she is definitely the one right now. But you know, for some of us, Monica was our Captain Marvel. Anyway, um. There was also that conversation between Vision and um, Monica, which may allude to the fact that Monica may or may not be able to die because of her new status that has been talked about uh, in uh, Ultimates. Uh, but regardless, like I said, a few things kind of got brought up in, in, during the course of this, including the, the pending uh, problem, which being... You know, a bad guy from the from the Greek pantheon, which brings in Hercules, who you know is at the which dude was Hercules in the first one. I don't remember. Yes. Okay. He was. Okay. Probably, but yeah, I, like weirdly enough, when it comes to him, I, sometimes I vaguely remember when he when he you know comes in and out of things. Um, and one Rocket Raccoon, who is not an Avenger. Just so happens to be around, which also brings to uh, brings upon a, a, an amusing, um, <laughs> uh, I guess, re meet up with uh, the Hulk, who who apparently remembers him, and they just had like they're just like, hey, hey, Hulk, Rocket, and then for like long time, and it's just kind of it, which is kind of funny. I mean, now we know why uh, Rocket's not in space with the latest rendition, uh, latest edition of the Guardians. Uh, partially. I mean, some of that might have come out during the course of um, either Gardens or not, because I know that you know, it, it's got alluded to in other places, but yeah. Definitely. Because um, there was like, even in that first Guardians of the Galaxy issue recently, there was like, we don't talk about Rocket, but we knew he was still somewhere floating around for, mm-hmm. but we don't know what caused, well, we may know what caused and I'm assuming it's either during Infinity Warps or whatever happened is the cause of them kind of splitting together. Regardless, um, so yeah, he's in this with the the, um, the hodgepodge of Avengers groups that have been assembled by Voyager. And um, like I said, the, the couple of other um, the, the couple of other you know conversations like Clint and the Hulk. Mm-hmm. That one was was amusing and possibly foreboding. I don't know <laughs> because there are still some unresolved issues with, a, like I said, a, a few different uh, people in, in the pairings. Like because um, Clint brings up the fact that you know he and Bruce kind of squared things together with the, the fact that Hawkeye tried to kill him on Bruce's request, but the Hulk mm-hmm. was still like, nah, it's not settled just because y'all settled it. Right, it's still not cool with me. Yeah, and even goes on to a potential threat <laughs> of the Hulk. Yep. To, um, including 
Hulk just palming Clint by the head as they're leaving, which I thought was kind of funny. I'm like, okay. I'm like, oh. mm-hmm. But anyway, um, yeah, so an interesting start to this event, which is going to be a weekly event. So you, you're going to hear this in the next, I don't know how many issues it's going to be, actually. I know six, definitely. It's probably like nine. I'm not sure how many it is all, but it's going to be a weekly book. So, um, I don't know. It's, it's 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 a pretty good decent start, I guess, and including what happens at the end of the book. So I guess we can move on after that, because unless you got something else, you gotta you you gotta put on it. No, I'm good. Okay. Uh, what else have we read? I guess should should we get to the other big book? Yeah. for both of us. We'll just do Ms. Marvel because it looks like uh, we don't yes. have any other books in common, so. Um, we'll essentially go rapid fire on every other book, pretty much. Um, so, Miss Marvel number thirty-eight is the final issue that yeah. Jubilla Wilson has worked on for uh, Ms. Marvel uh, for Marvel Comics. Who did not do the whole issue, but nevertheless, she's you know. Well, what's clever about this is that it, it it's a, a great way in a single issue to incorporate um, what essentially feels like an annual. You know, yes. some sort of like a tribute type issue mm-hmm. where, you know, what's clever about it is that they basically transition from the first uh, creator, not necessarily the first creative team. It would have been nice to see Adrian Alfona on this. But... Wait, I thought he did a couple of pages in there. Uh-uh. Oh. That's right. I think it was everybody but him. Exactly. So, so yeah. it was like Nico Leon. Yeah. And Takashi Miyazawa. Miyazawa, and yeah. And then they had a couple other creators, and then they transitioned into the new creative team at the end of the book. Right. And the pigeons still there. Don't worry, folks. Or at least was in, in partial part of the um, part of the issue. But yeah, I think as both you and I both noted, there was an RPG element to this whole issue, which was pretty dope. Yeah, like a video game RPG thing. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily, uh, you know, art, like D&D RPGs. Correct. Well, but, they run same numbers, so. Right. But at the end of the day, the, you know, in terms of the terminology and in terms of, you know, the visuals, you're dealing with video game RPG. Correct. And, uh, you know, what, you know, my notes are basically uh, kind mm-hmm. of a reflection that I had, which is uh, computer RPGs, video game RPGs, you know, they've passed me right by. Um, there's, you know, there's a lot of sophistication to them. And I think a lot of people, uh, have gotten into this particular genre of gaming and, you know, it's interesting that, uh, Wilson would incorporate so much of it in, you know, her entire story and And crew. Yeah. It's fitting that it would be in her last one. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, as far as video game RPG stuff is coming, like some, there are elements of that stuff that have permeated other genres of video games also. So even like, you know, the whole leveling up and, you know, loot based stuff is in like first person shooters, you know, in in the last decade or two. So, you know, some of that stuff has permeated other, other avenues of video games. But, you know, if you're not really up on, video games in general, then yeah, you kind of miss out on that kind of stuff. Regardless, back to the story. Um, I, I, I enjoyed it. Like, like I kind of said, it's like the, you know, she will kind of coming in, kind of leaving out as she came in, you know, 
strong and with elements that she's that she's done. I I hesitated to read this issue because it's like, oh man, this is her last issue. I hate to see this coming. Again, we know it's going to be in good hands with uh, Solid and Ahmed, so I'm I'm not too worried about it. But you know, just five years of G Willow Wilson. This is basically her baby. Her and um 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 Sana Amanat's baby. You know, right. which is not going anywhere, but you know. Oh, she's not editing the book anymore either. That is also correct. Uh-huh. Yeah, so both of them are not no longer on, on this book, which you know, their babies. Well, five years is a long time. You know, five years is a long time. Fifty was it? Fifty issues. So um, sixty. Sixty, I believe so. Well, fifty or sixty is a pretty good run on any you know one character. Agreed. And it would have been it would have the the numbering would have been higher had they not split it up into separate volumes, but. Yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to mention before we moved on is that, um, you know, this story and much of Ms. Marvel's story in the pages of her own book have been about the character of Kamala Khan and the character surrounding her rather mm-hmm. than the villains. I was reading an article in, I think it was Entertainment Weekly that was published in December and I kind of circled back to it um, uh, yesterday while I was reading the book. Um uh, and and Wilson talks about how uh, it's actually a, a criticism that some people have leveled against her run in that there are no discernible villains that you could kind of assemble into a rogues oh, gallery for Ms. Marvel. No, it, that's not. I mean, to a certain extent, that's understandable because that's somehow because for some people, that's how you measure a hero is by their villains. And it but, doesn't have to be. That hold on, I'm not anymore. done. But. But my point is, and what Wilson was saying, is that that was never her focus. Right. Her focus was on the character and the character setting and the character surrounding her and the character's development as a teenager uh, from a certain background in a certain part of the country. And that was the strongest part. And I think um, the character is going to grow more, you know, in the team setting, in the, in the champions. Mm-hmm. And ultimately... Um, you know, when when I when I thought about that, you know, uh, it, you know, it caused me to cir- kind of circle back to that article. I'd saved it, um, you know, I I you know I'd co- put a copy aside in a in a uh, a notes app. If, and if you um, still have a link to it, um... it's in Entertainment Weekly. Just Google it. Okay, it's definitely still on Google because I think I tried it. I will try to put that in the show notes. Then. So it's interesting. It's interesting to kind of think of it from you know to actually get the the characters perspective, the characters creators and the and the creative perspective on it from the writer, hmm. um, you know, uh, just to see how this this character has been developed differently than other characters have in the past. Sure, I mean it's it's a thing that has has worked for this book. Those those criticisms seem pretty outdated. I don't know. It's not it's like. I mean, I get it. Don't get me wrong. I get it. It is a super, it, you know, it is a superhero book. And yeah, that's if you're thinking of it that way, then yeah, that's what you're kind of coming into. But at the same time, like, you know what? Guess what? Comic books as an industry and can grow. And it doesn't necessarily have to do the one note all of the well, time. Well, it's not necessarily what I was, what I was going to say is the best villains are not one note. Um, right. It's just the, right. it's just that the, 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 the 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 various uh foes or 
things that Kamala combats, you know, such as the uh, the, the, the crumbling infrastructure of New- of Jersey City, uh, you know, aren't necessarily the the the, the, the enemies of the superpowered kind. So, right. there are like I said, it's a different. Of superheroes. I mean, super it's villains. a different right. It's a different. It's a it's a different way of developing a superhero character. There still have to be you know superhero style shenanigans going on with bad guys but and my hope is that uh future uh future creators you know can can establish uh, uh villains who who are unique and have uh, staying power so that Kamala can develop you know her own rogues gallery to a certain extent so that there is a you know a formidable nemesis for her to to face down the road I don't think that's necessary, but sure. Um, I don't know. I was about to cite like champions in her Avengers history, but since that's a team setting, that doesn't quite play. So, regardless, let us move on. Um, I would dare say this is a potential click of the week for both of us. Safe to say? Uh, I actually had two other ones. I like this. Well, issue. I mean, yeah, potential doesn't necessarily mean the yeah. one, though. Yeah. No, but I had two. I had two other ones that were like a little higher on the uh, on the totem pole. Mm, so. Okay. Sure. Well, we'll we'll get to that when we get to that. Then. Yep. Um. So that being the case, I'm thinking. I guess in that we don't have anything else dissimilar, we can go to rapid fire. Absolutely. Let's spin it up. Uh, and if you want to, go for it. All righty, let's rock and roll. Amazing Spider-Man number 15. I'll say it again. It's really nice to see the art of Chris Boccolo on Spidey again. Uh, Ryan Otley's more spare style pales in comparison. Uh, we continue the big build-up to the Craven story. That's uh, coming very soon. Uh, there's a lot of nice uh, moments in this book. So um, there's a reason why one of our uh, members of the panel really liked it. Um, Captain Marvel number two. Uh, trapped on Roosevelt Island with the nuclear man, a.k.a. super sexist man, and only female heroes are able to get through the barriers surrounding the island. So Carol and company are up to their necks in trouble because um, there's something uh, um, neutralizing their powers uh, to a certain extent. So there's a lot of things to, uh, to, uh, to, to take apart in the story. Real quick question. Um, is it necessary to read Life of Captain Marvel before going no. into this? No. Okay. No. There's one revelation in the Life of Captain Marvel that you have to understand before going into the future of Captain Marvel, but you can you know, be spoiled on that and not necessarily read the entire series. Okay. That's the information you need. Sure. Um, back to Rapid Fire. Detective Comics number 998. More mentors of Batman are attacked. And Batman has occasion to break out the Hellbat suit. But of course, Batman gets spoiler alert. Set up, and we are left with an interesting cliffhanger and some idea of what exactly Batman is fighting. Uh, Thor number 10. Uh, this is one of my two potential clicks of the week. Um, the inner workings of Odin's mind and his inner thoughts don't sound right without more thee and thou mixed in. That's kind of one of my um, criticisms, but that's just because I'm an old-school Thor reader. Um, I counted one thee in the whole comic. But despite that, 
we are treated to some of Odin's biggest regrets about how he raised Thor. And it all rings very human, especially the alcoholism, which leads to a pretty surprising cameo. It's almost uh, like it's almost like breathing underwater when you don't have the ability to. What's that? Never mind. Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, you mean in terms of in terms of like how it something's not weird? right without yeah. Oh no, it's it, it's more along the lines of how, uh, of of uh, the characters' uh, speech patterns and just right. You know, a lot of people criticized old Thor comics by saying, "Why do they sound like Shakespearean actors?" But at the same time, if you've been reading it for so long and then all of a sudden you don't see the these and the thous, it starts to sound like, wait, who am I reading here? So gotcha. uh, next up, next up, the Batman who laughs number three. Um, there's lots of regular Batman being outfought and outfought by the Grim Knight and the Batman who laughs. The big note in this is the cliffhanger page, which leads to a possible turn in the story involving um, the Batman that we know. And finally, Spider-Gwen, Ghost Sp- Spider number five. This is another potential click of the week for me. Uh, some more, <laughs> another thankfulness for, you know, another uh, thanks God for me. Thank God. For Takashi Miyazawa doing art on this book. Oh, Ooh. it looks so good. Um, it looks so good. I mean, I know a lot of people, I know people <laughs> uh-huh. I always crack jokes about dirt and but he's not the only one who kind of who who, who weren't, you know, he, he was not one of the only uh people that I knew that weren't so keen on the uh on Robbie Rodriguez's art on this, um uh, on the character and the general uh, look of the uh, the book, but seeing Takamizawa do his magic on this, you know, I I really hope he becomes at least at least a part of the art rotation on the book. Um, the writer Seanan McGuire is mostly free of Spider Geddon now, which is kind of a handcuff on her start on this on this title. Her first few issues, and uh, this is number five. The first four issues basically dealt with the uh, with Spider Geddon and its aftermath. So that's a tough way for a writer to start her, uh, you know, to start a run on any book, and now she's can now she can expand on Gwen's story. So it's moving in a direction that's pretty different from Peter and Miles, and it's a brand new world where uh, secret identities aren't a thing for her. That, I'll leave it at that. A whole new world. I didn't know the writer was a woman. That's cool. Yeah. Um. Cool. I will get to mine really quick, and well. Quick enough. With uh, Titans number 34, and I say in my notes, the thing you thought would happen did happen, which if you're not reading the book, you would not know that. So the team's still in in on Earth, Weird World, their version of Weird World, I guess you might would say, fighting Mother Blood and, and her crew. And um, a couple of teams get captured to, to use their knowledge of stuff. And... Uh, I, somebody not necessarily the team but somebody meets with um an untimely demise possibly um and this book is ending in a couple of issues so that's about to wrap up fairly soon wonder twins number one um, form of well there that does happen um well, actually it doesn't happen that sort of happens anyway um it's a particular click of the week for me um, just to go by my notes, uh, Super Friends callbacks and a dig or two, a Young Justice reference, a dash of real world commentary, just a dash, 
Um, a few genuine laughs. Not not sure what's not to like about this book. I I thoroughly enjoyed reading this book. I actually got a couple of good laughs because there's a couple of like I said, a couple of Super Friends references. Right. And it's mostly like it's mostly lighthearted for yes. at least first issue okay good yeah i mean there's no like the the, the writer mark russell is known for doing a lot of political uh he's a political satirist by trade and he wrote uh flintstones which i know like you know, you know which took the modern stony family thing to almost a literal degree that is is fun of course the book and of course he did that snagabus uh mini from like last year you know it doesn't go as some would say heavy handed with some of the political stuff. Actually, it doesn't really get political at all, realistically. But there is just some real stuff, stuff, life stuff that teams kind of deal with that happens in this book, that in this issue, you know, that's, um, in the, I think it was done well. You know, it's slightly relatable, I, I would dare say. You know, granted, it's been a while since I've been a team, but it's like I recognize some of the stuff. Um, shout out to BG, aka Bruce, Bruce, Bruce Wayne. Um, you will get that reference when you read, the, if you should read that issue. But that's I, it's being definitely, um, people are liking this book and I see why. And I know one of our members claimed to not like this book, but you have to consider the source on some of this stuff. Um, and, you know, their mind state, I don't know. Um, Winter Soldier number three. Uh, Bucky's taking in a, a teenager, so the, the the kid who tried to kill him in the last couple of issues, uh, he's kind of taking in, trying to steer him in the path of the right direction. Uh, Doc Sampson, who we haven't seen in a minute, for I haven't seen in a minute, shows up for some psychological counseling, to which the kid um, RJ kind of calls back on because you know this kid's kind of smart. Um and does his research. Bucky and his kid ends up fighting the spot of all um <laughs> of all villains. Mm-hmm. Um but it you know seems to be slightly formidable, but it ends up ends up working out. Uh and someone from the kid's past uh comes back at the end of this issue, which you kind of saw coming, you know, with halfway reading it. Ironheart number three, Riri's still looking for her missing friend who apparently, or her missing uh, high school friend uh, who apparently got caught up, who is caught up in some, was caught up in some diddlings. And this friend ends up, uh, while Riri's doing her best CSI impression with her friend Xavier, um, ends up turning up again, but there's still a mystery about it. And she ends up fighting none other than an old new warriors friend turned villain midnight fire midnight's fire, which I had to look that up. Cause I totally forgot about that. I, like, I, I didn't did. recognize who that was. I was skimming. I was like, who is that? Yeah, exactly. And I had to look when he said the name, I was like, Oh wow. Really? Cause I vaguely remember that person, but I remember them from when you know, they were on good terms with the new warriors until things went bad. Which I don't. Anyway, and I think I remember saying on Twitter that I hadn't really read much new work. That's a whole another situation. But anyway, um, you know, it's a decent issue. I liked it. He was he was doing some things with this book, and I appreciate it. And last but not least, 
Uh, Star Wars Age of Republic, Count Dooku number one. This is another one of these one-shots. This one sets... I'm not sure. I know it's definitely somewhere between... It's definitely before a... um, Attack of the Clones. Um, Well, actually, it might be... It's between Attack of the Clones and Phantom Menace because they reference Qui-Gon Jinn's death. Um, Dooku ends up going to Sullust uh, on a mission for Darth Sidious, a.k.a. the Emperor. We all know this. And runs into a Jedi who's not a master, but he's who, who's sent there on a separate mission from the Council, whose name is Jack Zinn. Now, if you are of certain vintage and know uh, anything about previous run of Star Wars comics from back in the 70s, which I don't know most of you don't want to know. There was a character called Jackson, who was a space butt, space rabbit, not canon at all, by the way, mm. uh, who who shows up in that particular book. And this is not a space bunny, but a tiger-looking thing, which is so... I don't know if that's somehow, somewhere, that's still kind of a play on that somewhere, but I, I find that funny. Regardless, it's a it's a one shot, and that it doesn't end well for this Jedi. And we basically see shades of what um what he what uh, Dooku ends up you know getting into sorta because this is like early enough to where he's left the order, obviously because that gets brought up. But his dealings with the um, with the Sith are not known and. In the course of this book, the only person who knows gets dealt with, gets dealt with, or the only other person outside of city, as I should say, gets dealt with. So this is this is that early, and that, folks, is the end of my books. All righty, so it's time for clicks of the week. Do it. And we already have Tim's and Dirts, which we're gonna call an audible on Dirts. Sort of well, we're not calling it audio, but all of them, but I guess he is himself calls one. Uh, he went with well, actually, let's go, go with Tim first. Amazing Spider Man number 15, which you alluded to earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't really give a reason, but you kind of went over it. Uh, right. for, lots of great moments, Bacalo Wars, right? Uh, which I we could assume that Tim is similar, uh, in thinking and. For Dirt, he went with Word, which I'm assuming is number one because issue two is not out yet. But however, this book has been out for two weeks. You know, I I didn't bother to go back and ask him about that. But what he says, uh, his click is Word from Dark Horse, and he says, "What do What do you get when the government created World War II champion of liberty uh, gets old, can't get hurt, can't age, and can't die?" You get Word, the drunk smoker, not Hellblazer, cynical anti-hero that fights monsters no one else can with this powerful, not Hellboy-inspired six-shooter. The art from Anton Fuso is great and fits the dramedy story perfectly. Easily the best thing he's read this week. Again, this is a book from two weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the previews. It does look really good. Yeah, I, I looked at looking it up. I, I was looking at it myself because it didn't necessarily give a, a an issue number either, which is the other reason why I had to look it up. Um, so hey, there it is. It's out there. Um, you got yours? Yeah, I think I've settled. Um, 
I think I'm going to go with my initial instinct on this, even though I really did like um, Spider-Gwen's book this week. It really did um, just kind of uh, give the writer a chance to stretch her legs now that she's free of Spider-Geddon. Um, I'm going to go with Thor number 10. Because... No surprise. You know, it's, it's, it's great stuff. And this is li- literally... You know, Thor, Thor dealing with daddy issues and Odin dealing with parental issues and dealing with it mostly. For, and we're reading a most of this from Odin's perspective and, you know, hearing his inner monologue and just dealing with um, the, the, the real world aspects of this just totally makes the story. It's so good. Mm. I I I I I I on. Um it's kind of tough. So I'm going to cheat and say I'm going to split my vote between Miss Marvel number 38 because this is, you know, you can't let G Willow going out go out like that. Yeah. I mean, obviously she can go out the way she wants to, but what I'm saying is, you know, she did and that's the cool part. Exactly. You know, she actually did have a chance to uh you know, to, to, to bring this story to a proper close. Yeah, exactly. Now, the I only... I, her. I think, the, uh, yeah, on her own terms. I think um, the only issue I had with this book was even though I know why she, this is performed. So, if you... I forgot to mention about this. The only... The the book ends with the core group of, of Kamala and her friends. And granted, Mike came along later, but I kind of wish she had been there in that last part. Because if you recall, in the early days, it was just Kamala and Bruno. Bruno, yeah. And the rest of those, matter of fact, even the other two kids, while they were there, you know, kind of came along in their stories later, you know, later in the run. Even though they were there early in the run, they just didn't have a as big part. You know, they were kind of there until coming up. But, and like I said, Mike kind of came along later. And you know, I like Mike. Mike was a cool character. So hopefully she'll still be around, even though she was in this issue. Thing you get to play. Um, anyway, Miss Marvel number 38. Um, and also, I'm just going to split it with uh, Wonder Twins number one. It was good. I enjoyed it immensely. Like, if you're, I don't know if anybody's take, you know, it's, it's, it was relatable. It was genuinely funny. It was, uh, or genuinely amusing at the very least, you know. Mm-hmm. And I was, dare say, smartly written. I would just add to that that uh, it's it's always interesting to see you know as we get older we have to admit that we are getting older as we get older and further away from our high school years um, it, it's it's interesting to see how the the it, it has to be you know the more universal um, experiences right it's it's the universal experiences mm-hmm. of growing up that really make these teen books resonate even with the older uh readers and those were those are what help characters to become uh long lasting and, and and books to have more lengthy runs it's the ones that don't necessarily have that or maybe stress some uh, uh some of the things that are maybe fly by night you know god help us if we have a, a snapchat centric uh, uh storyline you know where you know the next cool app is x what if we did the show by snapchat no, i'm just kidding Nah, but, but, you know, my point is, you know, like, I think, I think about some of the books that, 
um, that, that have longevity and some that have kind of required a little bit of a reboot now over the last, you know, we've been doing this show long enough where we've seen these teen books, you know, kind of fizzle out. And, some you know, there's always a new generation of them, you know, with, you know, with creators that have fresh takes on them. But, you know, you hope that, you know, and and, and I think the ones that have like the really universal um, takes on, on, um, uh, on, on, on growing up, uh, those are the ones that have lasting power. Mm. You know, I really hope that they don't, you know, like I've, that's, you know, that's one reason why I really like where Miss Marvel takes it because, you know, there's, it's not just the teen stuff. There's other stuff that's, that's folded into that, mm. but we still see a lot of the teen stuff and it's still relatable because, you know, it's even though, you know, I'm, I've been lapped, forget being, you know, forget past. I've been lapped by the, uh, the video gaming community. Um, you know, you don't need, you don't need to worry about that when you're reading the book. It's all just a part of growing up. Shout out to Houdini. Um, but yeah, I mean, and I, I would dare say that some of those books that quote unquote fizzled out, some of at least a couple of them probably didn't get a chance to grow. I think that's safe to say, and I probably want at least one or two of those. Not saying that all of them are like that, but right. it, it kind of happens. This is a, a market with a lot of stuff in it. And, you know, some things don't get marketed, some things just don't take. You know, so, but regardless, um, tis what it is. We will see what the future holds for Miss Marvel and the Wonder Twins themselves. But before then, we shall get to the last ad read of the night. Our last ad read is for Blue Apron's meal delivery service. Blue Apron, fresh ingredients and incredible recipes delivered weekly to your door. Skip the grocery store and make incredible meals at home with Blue Apron. Always shipped free right to your home. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can get $30 off your first Blue Apron order. So place your first order with $30 off. And to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcasts free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the Blue Apron link and sign up for your first order. Blue Apron through cspn.us. Do it today. Nope. <laughs> Hit the wrong button, folks. A little, a little slip there. A little slip there. Um, before we, we're, we're going to end the show, I wanted to ask you one question. Well, one thing about uh, some news that you missed out on. And I know you had some thoughts. Well, you had at least a thought about this when, we, when it was brought up early in the week. And that's Captain Marvel's... Um, 90s inspired um uh website <laughs> so what what roddy cat is referring to is a website that marvel published for the movie that looks exactly like websites uh that were generated during the mid 90s when people were just getting access to the web, yeah, I and, kind of, I kind of mentioned like I basically went on a little mini rant about the the young people nowadays don't know it, don't don't know what the internet was about back in the day, sort of. But anyway, I mean, ultimately, you know, that was such a, a time for experimentation and everything was new, know, yeah, and and learning about HTML like through books, you know, like people didn't make websites for you, you went and got a book and then you learned how to do it. And it was a pretty wild time, um, you know, uh, 
hosting web hosting had just sprung up where you could do it for free or for very low cost and you know it was a you know not even the wild wild west but definitely a much more you know definitely a much more crazy time and much more interesting time to be online um you know did you have a geocities or something like you know, that. I never, I did not have a GeoCities account. I, well, if I did, no, I didn't. I don't. GeoCities before Yahoo took over, right? Um, yeah, that's like what I'm about. I was around for a lot of that, but no, I don't. Weirdly enough, I don't remember. Um, I don't remember what my first thing because it was, definitely wasn't Angel Fire, wasn't GeoCities either, and it wasn't. I wasn't like on the you know the early. I don't even remember one of my first sites, and I'm pretty sure it's not still around. I mean, I'm talking about like, you know, college kids because it wasn't well. Some, I guess, some high school students too, because depending on when you were coming up and how advanced your computer lab was, because most of this stuff required um, uh, some access to high speed. Although not everyone, you know, not all of these uh, uh, websites required it. You know, unless you're waiting for pictures to load. Yeah, I mean, you shout know, out to yeah, the, video. yeah, and the article even mentions like basically shouting out to, to twenty eight eighty the modems, which you know were were hot stuff back in that time. You know, oh seriously, like, when we went to twenty eight eighty, you were hot stuff. Yeah, yeah, when we went to fifty six k, we were like, wow, we're flying, right? Like I had you a know? nineteen nineteen what nineteen point nineteen two or whatever it was for a good while because we couldn't afford to get a twenty eight eighty. I mean, when we had a, a when 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 you talked about getting a T one line, we were like, whoa, you know, like a school. That was for a school. Yeah, that was for a computer lab. That wasn't for home, you know. And now our fiber optic uh, uh, cables that go to our how our homes are like, you know, put that to shame. Yeah, pretty much. It was a like like I said earlier, it was a it was a different time. A Definitely different time. a different time. So holy cow. But that being the case, folks, us old folks are going to get our Geritol and go to our respective places, either of rest or whatever we plan on doing for the rest of the night, because it is late. Um, and make sure you drink your prune juice for regularity. <laughs> Take your Geritol. Um, so, yes, uh, we're going to end the show with the fact that uh, that is Agent underscore 70. You can find him at Instagram and Twitter under that very name. Uh, PC and underscore dirt at PC and underscore dirt on Twitter. Uh, uh, Pop culture net on Twitter, popculturenetwork.com, whatever the buying thing is going to be. I need comics.com also. Um, Tim, D O G G 9 8, the click nation on Twitter, uh, CB Cron on Twitter, and of course, Tim, D O G G 9 8 on Twitter. Uh, you can also find him at theclicknation.com. You can definitely find him over on Combo Resources, right in his face off. That's cbr.com. Ching, ching. Exactly. Um, and for myself, Rydicat, you can find me at Rydicat on Twitter at that name. News Notice Need on Twitter. News Notice Need is Reddit. Um, CB Caps on Instagram, and if you want to write a cat on uh, Instagram, even though I don't post anything on on there recently, but hey, CB Caps, go check that out. Uh, maybe a night a site coming up soon. We don't. I'm I can't even say at this point. Um, CSPN.us. That is the phrase that pays, and that is the well, we don't get paid for this, but regardless, that is the um, podcast network. That we roll with. 
uh, cspn.us. You can also go to shop.cspn.us, which will basically bounce to that said site. Go to cspn.us, and you can go to the click Keep Our Podcast free link uh, for places where you can help keep this podcast free and get some merch and whatnot. But you can find this here podcast on Google Play and Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcast. Oh, okay. Um, Spotify and the SoundCloud page for Coastal the Podcast. And with that, we'll be back next week, hopefully without whatever that echo is, because it's going to drive me lunatic. Um, same bat time, same well. Not same back channel. Every Thursday night, nine ish p.m. Eastern time, we go to record. You know, we wish we try, folks. We do try, but sometime around there, we'll be back. Shout out to Matt Wayne. I don't know if he was able to get in, like he said it was, but I don't know if he he did pop up earlier. Uh, this has been the Comic Book Chronicles, folks. Have a good time. Have a good, lovely Valentine's Day if you haven't. Valentine's Day week, you know, spread love all year. Bop, ba da, and all that kind of good stuff. <laughs> and we're out. Peace. One.